Key Aero, your aviation destination. Historic Aviation. Hello, welcome to the Fly Pass podcast. I'm Hans from Kiero, and today, who do we have? We have Jamie Ewan, editor of Aviation News. All right, Jamie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, Tara Leggett from Fly Pass. Hello, Tara. Hello again. How's it all going? Not bad. Yeah, yeah. not too bad. It's uh, the, the world seems to be opening up and there's air shows on the horizon. There is, yeah. So this is, you know, we've got the roadmap to thank. Yes, it's yes. all about the roadmap. Um, so I think, you know, I think we should, so I think we should talk about this. Well, not the roadmap specifically. That would be like <laughs> that would probably be such a dull podcast, wouldn't it? Not but if I think Johnson what, was listening. Well, no, quite. Um, but from the seventeenth of May, so from this Monday, you know, pretty much everything opens up, and that is actually sort of you know quite exciting. So I think you know, I think it's worth talking about. What is opening up, and what um, you know, what we really sort of like, you know, want to go and see. So I, I suppose it really kind of comes down to the fact that what is the first museum you're going to go to? That is the question, isn't it? Oh, the choices, <laughs> the choices. I, I think personally, for me, it will be the Yorkshire Air Museum up at Elvington, just outside of York. Um, it was one of the first museums I went to visit with my dad, and obviously, not, not being able to see him during lockdown and whatnot with the various rules, it'd be. Uh, I think it'd just be nice to go and do that and just hang out with some aeroplanes. <laughs> you know, I have never been to the Yorkshire Air Museum and I spent three years in York at university and I always wanted to go, but none of my friends were cool enough, obviously, to want to Jamie, go to the Yorkshire Jamie, Air Museum. Cool HR. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's a, a, I mean, immediate disciplinary procedures. <laughs> the, the Yorkshire Air Museum is by far one of the best museums in the UK in my eyes. It's... It, the aeroplanes within the collection are just incredible. It, you know, from uh, the Hanley Page Halifax reconstruction they've got to the, the Mirage 4 they've got. It's just yeah. one of those places you can go. You could go once a month for the rest of your life and you'll still learn something and see something different. Because I suppose, you know, um, it's interesting talking about that, isn't it? Because if you go to Duxford, I mean, Duxford is massive, isn't it? And, you know, it's easy to see how you could sort of spend a whole day there. But, you know, for some of the kind of slightly sort of smaller ones, you know, it, it sort of requires you getting really kind of immersed in them, doesn't it, I suppose? Tell us, yeah. t- you know, what, what's t- tell people who haven't been there, Jamie, not that you work for the uh, for this museum in particular, <laughs> they're starting to feel that way. But, you know, what what more, you know, you know what, what can you sort of um, see all day there? if you were to spend hours and hours. Elvington itself is, is steeped in history. It was the, mm. the the base that the French Air Force used during World War II with Halifax's, two of their major squadrons, 367 and 364, I want to say. Um, and it's got some, some huge French connections. But within it, a lot of the original buildings still exist. So the original um, control t- tower is still there. There's original um, sort of uh, barrack buildings. There's a original sort of MT buildings. So not only are you being immersed in aviation, you're being immersed in the history of the airfield as well. And in terms of aeroplanes, there's all sorts there. Um, as I've mentioned, there's the Halifax, which is the only example of a Halifax within the UK. There's the Mirage 4, which is the only example of a Mirage 4 
displayed outside the uh, France um, itself. Um, and then there's, there's all sorts of aeroplanes linked with Yorkshire to do with bases up the road, like uh, Church Venton and Linton on Ouse. So they've got Jet Provost. They've got Buccaneers that were designed and developed at Bruff just down the road from Elvington. They've got um, they've got all sorts. It's just one of those places you can go. You can learn about squadrons that were based there, squadrons related to Yorkshire. They have a fantastic little um, area which is devoted to turrets that used to be on sort of fighters and bombers. But the Air Gunners Association use it as their sort of their home. And you, you, you learn the hardships that those guys faced. Is there quite a lot sort of um, there to do with Clifton Moor? Because I, I know it's now a shopping centre, but when I used to go to the shopping centre, because that's as close as I was able to get to uh, any sort of airfield in York, um, there, there was like obviously quite a lot of history to do with Clifton Moor um, squadrons based there and... So is there quite a lot to do with that at the Yorkshire Air Museum? Or? Yeah, there's mentions of Clifton Moor. It, it, it really does encompass so much of Yorkshire aviation. Oh. And uh, I think a lot of people, if they, they weren't aware, that Yorkshire is quite a pivotal place for aviation with you know the fact that people talk of Lincolnshire being bomber commands, you know, the bomber county. But oh. there was so many more stations within Yorkshire itself, like Clifton Moor. As you're talking, Jamie, I kind of like, you know, I'm starting to kind of um, think that people are going to be getting very excited about this. How many people into historic aviation on Monday do you think are going to be calling in sick to work? Uh, a fair few. Fair few, I'd say. <laughs> if they haven't already booked it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, I'm sort of quite tempted as well, actually. I mean, I'm just sort of banking on the fact that, you know, my boss doesn't listen past three minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you could do it as part of your job, Hans. That's the difference. But I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I just think it is. It is, you know, we've just been conditioned now for so long, haven't we, that we haven't been able to go and do anything. So you, mm. you know, you almost kind of get get used to it. And be able to be able to have this back in 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 your life is quite a quite a cool thing. Where 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 are you off to, Tara? Where are you going to go? See, I don't know because I'll be honest. As I say. I've had quite a limited experience with museums themselves. I've been to a few, but I've been to more air shows than museums. Um, so there's a lot that I want to go and visit that I haven't been to yet. So like, and in, I think it was like August last year when things started opening up again, I stupidly drove all the way to Norfolk to the Norfolk Air Museum, not realising it was closed. Um, so there it's I was. It's good to know just... how to get there, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. good to plan the journey. <laughs> this is true. I, I, I know exactly the amount of time. Um, <laughs> so there I was sort of driving past the, because they've got a lot on like sort of the apron outside and you can see the Vulcan and whatnot. And there I was and I was like, I just want to get up close. So I think that will probably be the first one I would like to go to, if not Duxford, because obviously that's just down the road from from us. Um, so, yeah, Duxford or Norfolk, I I think. It's yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? So like you got your you know with museums, I suppose you got your, your the big ones, haven't you? You got your Duxfords, you got your RAF museums, and then you've got obviously lots of kind of little ones that are a bit more kind of like you know specialists and mm. and intimate. And I I kind of um I, I sort of have felt throughout this whole kind of pandemic that those little, those smaller places really need people's support, don't they? Definitely, Th- that's it. The, the the smaller museums are the, the grassroots of the. UK aviation scene. It's uh, it is more often not you find projects within them that nobody really knows about or rarely ever hears. But you know, it's th- those projects are massive to those people. 
Yeah, um, yeah, you, you're completely right. I mean, the um, you know that thing we did recently um, where that couple restored the uh, the Nimrod yeah. simulator, right? So like yeah. over eight years, and it was a real kind of like um, you know, re, you know, restoring restoring something over eight years, you know, with your other half. I mean, that's you know, um, perhaps speaking from personal experience, yeah, that would not be for the faint for the faint hearted, is it? Yeah, you can't exactly sort of like you know split a restoration project down the middle, but no. so that that was obviously completed during the during the pandemic, and it is. Um, at the Cornwall Aviation Heritage Centre. And that is something I would really, really love to to, mm. to see. Having sort of spoken to the people that, that did it, but obviously, you know, seeing the pictures like everyone, you know, you know, who who saw that would have done on on Kiero. To go and sort of see that. Obviously it's in a, you know, it's a it's near Newquay. So, you know, unless you're kind of from that area, it's a bit of a that's you're gonna have to kind of um you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trek, but it's still worth going to these going to these places, like you're saying, Jamie, and, and seeing these seeing these kind of sort of sl- more slightly left field exhibits, isn't it? It, it? it really, really is. Smaller museums always have something fascinating and you know, it depends whether or not they're focusing on where they are in particular. So one one of the, the best examples around is the Sywell Aviation Museum mm. up at Sywell in Northamptonshire. It's a literally contained within an old Nissan style hut, but the amount of information you take out of it is just quite incredible. Celebrating aviation at Cywell itself and, yeah. you know, squadrons that used to operate within the areas and whatnot. And they, they've just recently taken delivery of a jet stream uh, and they've started working on putting that together. They they have a, a, a hunter up there and the camera knows as well, as well as various other bits of aeroplanes. But that's, that's a museum I, I, I really would sort of say go and visit because it is superb having um Cywell just taken on um flying legends from duxford as well yes so um there was the big announcement was made um quite recently that um Cywell was going to be the new home for flying legends and actually yesterday they released uh, details for tickets um, they'd been working with the who they needed to with COVID and everything going on, and tickets are now on sale for what we call Christmas week. Christmas week. <laughs> this is this is this is up to the, this is like the news. This podcast, this is like up to the minute stuff, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, this is all cool stuff, isn't it? I've also got a soft spot for the De Havilland Museum. Um, I really, yep. really like that. I really like I that think place. I will be. Because Hans, you sort of took, like stole it off me. I won't lie. I will be very excited mm. to go up to Doncaster. And see my beloved XH five five eight. Oh really? Yeah. Well, yes. That that you know <laughs> that 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 is that is also true. We mentioned Duxford, and you know, obviously the the, um, the the big museums. And I suppose throughout the pandemic, you always kind of get the sense, don't you? The RAF Museum and Duxford, they're going to be okay, aren't they? They'll they'll sort of they've got you know enough to, to to ride it out. And smaller museums do obviously sort of need the support, but you know, Duxford. It is an incredible place, isn't it? Oh, very much so. There's not many places within the the UK that you can turn up for a day and be treated to a plethora of warbirds taking off and operating um, while in the splendour of a uh, one of the most famous, if not the fam- most famous airfield within the UK. Um, yeah. It's... It's just it's just perfect there. It really, really is. I mean, I, I tend to get to Duxford a couple of times a month and people say, well, you were only there a couple of weeks ago. But it's like, but yes, it's Duxford. You can walk around, you bump into people. There's a social element to it. Socially distant at the minute, obviously, with everything going on. But you, you, you walk around and it, there's just so much. It's aviation in action. 
Mm. You soon, soon though, you'll just be able to go and hug everyone, like legally. <laughs> just like, just go and just do that. Just like freak everyone out. Be sort of cool. I haven't actually been to the last time I went to Duxford. I took um, one of uh, I took my youngest uh, son there, and he kind of. Um, when we sort of went into that American hangar, he's absolutely sort of freaked out when he saw the Stratofortress had to turn around and sort of like go out. It was like, it's always like sort of too big. You know, the yeah. wingspan was just too much for him. I suppose, <laughs> you know, when you, I suppose through the eyes of, you know, you know, a, a, like a three-year-old child, you, you know, you can sort of, you can sort of maybe see that. They're you know, very sort of imposing, aren't they? Some of, you know, some of these aircraft. Quite scary, I can imagine. Like it's just, yeah, like you say, too big. It's, it's, yeah. it's very much. So. I mean, as, as a kid running around museums, it's like you, you, you'd see, you know, th- there's a B-52 sat there and you'd be on to the next one. There's an F-111 sat there or there's a Phantom sat there or, or whatnot. But as I've, I've, I've sort of grown up, still acting a bit like a child, uh, <laughs> museums getting excited. But it's now when you look at those aeroplanes, you realise that every single one of those aeroplanes has a story. Mm. And yes, you know, some stories are maybe less looked upon than, than than others but then when you really start thinking about it that within those stories there are all the people and they all, all have stories and in some way they're all connected through aviation it brings everyone together yeah you you're right the the other thing as well i suppose that is is um very very cool at, at duxford is obviously the blackbird i mean mm. the, that seeing that um up close you know you, you can, can just kind of get lost in 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 that, can't you? And and, and what that thing got up to? Yeah, yeah, you know, eighty thousand it, feet. It's uh, it's I, I absolutely love sort of walking around Duxford. Very rarely now will I take a picture on the camera. It's uh, you know, I've, I've kind of shot it all. I'll, I'll take a picture of the, the, the various flying warbirds that have been moved around the hangars because you can obviously see a different angle and whatnot. But it, the, the, the Blackbird is one of those aeroplanes I constantly take pictures of. No matter you know how many pictures they've got, same angles, everything, but constantly take pictures because you just see a different line to it or you see a different stain to it. One of my favourite things is is if you go down the ramp and come round to the front of the aeroplane, if you get down low enough and look into the front main wheel, uh, sorry, uh, the front undercarriage doors, you can see the signatures of the last crew that flew it. Oh, that's cool. That is very that is very cool, and I suppose that is just going back to what you're saying. All the stories of 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 these aircraft, because I suppose you can just you can just drift around a museum, can't you? And sort of you know, like especially if you know, like if I'm with the kids, you know, you, you know, they can't sort of like view the aircraft on that kind of level, can they? It's just oh look, there's a Spitfire, that's cool. Oh yeah, that that <laughs> shot that shot at the Germans, and then you move on. But you know, the great thing about you know going to this as an adult and a real kind of like you know fan of this is that you can just kind of get lost in 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 all that detail can't you jamie yeah yeah very much so and i think that sort of translates to air shows as well that when you're watching those the airplanes taking part in, in the flying displays again every one of them has a story and those stories have been brought, brought right up to date by the fact that we are you know in well shuttleworth for example a couple of weeks ago we were watching airplanes from the 1920s fly mm-hmm. and they're still flying now it's there's so many stories in that intertwine with each other and when you think about how much like care and detail goes into like you know keeping them going for a hundred years like it's mental it's completely mental and that's one of the things that i think hits you more when you stood there watching them take off and watching them perform all of their little you know uh, displays it sort of hits you a bit more as you gain that appreciation for actually 
this is a hundred years old. Like I certainly won't be doing that when I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> it's <is>, it <laughs> quite crazy. Here's, here's a question then. So what is your favorite single exhibit, right? From a museum in the UK. The, the one thing that someone should see. See, typically, if somebody asked me that question, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly reply whatever I'm looking at at the time. <laughs> it's uh, that it just, just this is the Cheat. way I am. But uh, yeah, my my favourite single exhibit within a UK museum. That is a really, really hard question. I mean, that's what I'm here for, Jamie. The hard questions. Oh yeah, no. Um, oh, what about you, Tara? My my, my brain's uh, gone into cog <laughs> mode. I'll be completely honest. Anybody who's anybody that knows me knows exactly what I'm going to say. I'm completely the opposite to you, Jamie. I've got the one thing that I just think everybody needs to see. Hands. So it's the Vulcan, isn't it? it is you, Vulcan, you know, yeah. Tara is 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 very much across the Vulcan <laughs> yes. spectrum here. Mm. Um, yeah, and it is. I, I suppose, yeah, Vulcan's another one of those things, isn't it? That you know, again, just so massive for a start, isn't it? And you know, you, you can just really sort of you know get it's lost just in so, just as different as well. Like yeah. from what from what not obviously necessarily from what there is now, but from what there was at the time. It's just incredible. And I think it's it's definitely important for, you know, younger people who who have an interest in aviation to realise that that was actually a genuine turning point in aviation history. Yeah, you're right. I mean, also, just going back to the, the those stories you were talking about, Jamie, and a couple of weeks ago, we, I did this podcast with um, Alistair Montgomery. So he was part of Operation Black Buck. He, yep. he flew in four out of those... Um, seven operations um like as the reserve pilot but the way he was kind of talking about it so you know you you know obviously taken off from ascension island and then you know was analyzing it on google maps you, you're looking at it thinking yeah that's that's a long way to go like there and back just over a vast ocean isn't it mm. and you know the way he was describing it you, you know it's it's very very sort of like you know evocative you know what these what these aircraft were doing um, yep. really, really sort of um, does does hit home, doesn't it? I, I I remember, Jamie, you telling me about that um, Handley Page Halifax as well at the RAF Museum in, in, in London. So that that is a, a very sort of cool and very eerie uh, kind of exhibit, isn't it? So it's um, if you haven't sort of seen it, it's basically, so I think that that aircraft um, in, I think it was like 1942, so it took off from um, Scotland and it was um, going to like the, the Tirpitz, basically sort of yeah, got shot down and crashed land. They crash landed on a frozen lake, didn't they? And yes. the exhibit basically then, you know, years later was kind of, you know, dredged up and there it is in the RAF museum. And it's they haven't restored it. It's just, you know, they, 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 well, they couldn't anyway, but it's just there as as a kind of, as a wreck. sort of wreck, isn't it? And it is very, very um, eerie and quite emotional. You know, getting really, really up close to that and just sort of seeing the condition it was in. The lights and stuff, you know, still work. <laughs> it's a testament to Handy Page's electrics. I have Maybe to they say. can fix my car. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they. I don't think they were that proficient. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, that's that's one of the 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 really cool things about museums is that sometimes when you walk around you'll see somebody looking at a particular aeroplane or you, you know a particular picture and i'm the sort of person that sometimes i'll you know you, you get talking to people 
and you sort of say, oh, you know, nice day, nice weather and stuff. And you end up talking about, you know, you know your love for aeroplanes and whatnot. And you end up finding out that, you know, they actually flew that particular aeroplane or they had a connection to it in some some oh. way. And that's the, the, the incredible things about museums is that they are a testament to people's stories. And I think it takes me back to the, the question of what is my favourite aeroplane within a British museum? And it has to be... Newark Air Museum's Hawker Hunter F1 um, WT651 um, for the simple fact that my granddad flew that aeroplane when he commanded Treble 2 Squadron. Really? And that aeroplane is now considered a landmark within preservation because there's not many F1s around and it now sits in a museum. But standing in front of it, knowing that my granddad 60 years ago flew that aeroplane on multiple occasions and it's now sat there and I can see it. It brings you together. It brings me closer to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As bizarre as it sounds to know that he probably, he could have even looked at it the very way I was looking at it from that angle. Yeah. And, and it, you know, that's, that's the incredible thing about museums. It really does bring it home what those aeroplanes mean to people. Yeah. I'd love to know. My, my pops, granddad pops, um, worked on a Victor. He was the ground crew for Victor's RAF Marum. Um, I'd love to know where that one went. Because that's the thing. Yeah. Jamie, you probably know that. You know where that yeah, is. Yeah, we, we can. I'm sure we can find out. There's plenty of um, there's plenty of bits. I mean, in 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 terms of victors, um, if you ever want to see a victor, I'm going to get told off now because I'm I'm plugging the um Yorkshire Air Museum again here. <laughs> it's, uh, if you ever want to see a victor, there is a fantastic example up at the um the Yorkshire Air Museum that's still live, uh, owned by a chap called Andre Tempest, and it is still run up quite regularly and when they can they get it on regularly um, regularly and uh, when they can they get it on to the airfield to do taxi runs and that's been in civilian hands for over 25 for nearly 30 years I believe now no it must be about 25 odd years and this is a small team of volunteers that do that and that's Mm. again takes you into that aviation in action you know there's always something going on at a museum that just shows what aviation is you know working on an airplane to get it running or working on an airplane to prevent it corroding into nothing um and the, the, one of the best examples of that is um the south wales aviation museum down at st Athen. uh that they've got so many fantastic plans with their airplane to try and get younger people involved in aviation and start education programs mm. yeah it's it's, it's it's cool and it's Actually, at the De Havilland Museum, they've got obviously they've got that little bit, haven't they, where they're kind of working on restorations, and um, and they've got one at the moment where, you know, the guy from there was sort of saying that you know they've been working on it for so many years, and it's still so many years off from completion that you know some of the some of the guys who are working on it have have died. Some of the guys that are working on it now, you know, will not will not live to to see its completion, and you know it that really really hits home of just you know. You know how long it takes to kind of to 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 do this, and how much of people's lives they they give um, to to this. I think there's there's it's quite it's an emotive subject, isn't it? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, you 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 met, just finally you mentioned shows. So what shows are you really um what shows are you particularly excited it's about? Got to be Flying Legends. Uh, mm. as, as I said, it's it's sort of like Christmas week for Warbird enthusiasts. And I mean, I I love all things aviation, but the warbirds really do 
do it for me. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And it is, it is funny, as soon as um, I finish on here, I've got to pack the bag because I'm down at Shuttleworth this weekend for the Spies and Intrigue show. So it's uh, I'm going back to the hallowed grass of Sh- uh, Old Warden, which I think I'm spending. I think they've got about 10 shows that I'm booked in for this year. It's a cool place though, isn't it? What about you, Tara? Where are you, um, where are you uh, looking forward to going? Uh, probably the Flying Legends or Aero Legends, to be honest. Um, oh, Aero Legends at Headcon, yep. Yeah, I think... Flying Legends, it'll be it'll be good to see the um the different dynamic with it now being down at Cywell. Um, whether anything changes or or is kept the same, whatever. But um yeah, I think Aero Legends is a is a very, very, very poignant one for me. Um one of the first ones I ever went to, so it'll be good to good to get back to that. Make sure you've got an, a, a good array of coats there. We we all, I think <laughs> yeah. we all got caught out, we got caught out there last time, didn't we, Jamie? Sideways it was a bit yeah, very much much, so, yeah. much chillier than anticipated, <laughs> and uh, made for quite an uncomfortable afternoon in uh, in some respects. But you know, it was still it was it's still great when there's stuff flying around. It's all still great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, look, it's exciting times. So Monday the 17th, you know, most stuff is open again. So um, finally, we can all get back to uh, what we love. Thanks very much uh, for your time, guys. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speak to you soon. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. This has been a podcast from Key Aero, your aviation destination. Remember, visit www.key.aero for more of the same. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to catch up with you again soon.